Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Today we have Mark Phillips. Yes, sir. That's me. Mark, um, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, expand upon why, maybe what you do for a living, your interests. Okay. Um, do you like walks on the beach? Do you like <laughs> um, to break dance? Uh Tell us about it. I only break danced once, and I broke it. So no, I broken. Uh, I was born broken. <laughs> I was born and raised in Springfield, Missouri. Went to school there, high school, college. Went to Missouri State. Uh, graduated in 2000. From there, uh, I was a police officer for five and a half years. So I'm a uh, professional firefighter a now. Pro, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like again, I'm in my head. I'm like, I, maybe that's not the way you say, but I, that's no, what you are. Yeah, you true. are getting paid money. Yes, sir. To fight fires. Yeah, I, I get a pension. I get a paycheck. So there you go. Not so. you're not a professional fire starter. That would be a whole other thing. negative. No, that sir. would be bad unless want... you're the man prodigy. That would be outstanding. And they are professional fire starter. That's right. With the haircut, I don't think my hair would look good like that. Come but... play my game. Right. right. <laughs> I'm there. Continue. So anyways, yeah, and uh, I've been married for 16, man, I better get that right, 16 years to the same woman, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully. And uh, we got two kids, and uh, actually your wife is one of my kids. I know. Fifth it's awesome. teachers. I, yeah. She's been telling me for year, like literal years, like two years probably. Right. Because even from last year, maybe even the year before, I was like, hey, we, you need to come on this podcast. Yeah. And it was one of those where we... I've been trying to make it happen, and now we made it happen. It's happening right now, man. It's happening. In, in the moment. <laughs> um, She says that your son is the funniest kid ever. He's a riot. And he's really funny. He is a riot, And he's man. really sharp, and he gets things. Yeah, he's And a riot. she'll throw some sarcasm out, and some of the times the other kids are just like, what? Right. And then he's just like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love your wife, man. Because they, they do. Te- they, she's the best teacher there is. She's amazing. Uh, my daughter had her yeah. about two years ago. I mean, she's great. Um, and She gets it. She gets my she son. She does. I mean, she gets uh, kids in general, and if kids will just let her do her thing, right, they'll come out. I think better Absolutely. for the process. Right? Absolutely. So yeah, so yeah, we got two kids, twelve and ten. Yeah, Jackson, uh, your wife's class, and then uh, my wife's a teacher, full uh, educator. She's been with Republic for uh, I don't know, fifteen years now, uh, fourteen it. years, something yeah. like that. So uh, we moved here back when she got her first teaching gig in Crane, and uh, then we fell in love with Republic, and we've stayed here ever since. So. Cool. Yeah, man, it's a it's a good gig. I I drive home. I drive to work every third day. We work twenty four hour shifts, so <laughs> so um, I work one day on and two days off. My so gosh. it's actually a pretty sweet gig. Um, yeah, I, I've said gig like ten times in the last. Two uh, minutes. I, I I say gig for a lot of things. Oh, right, good. Um, it's a stressful gig. Yeah, it can be. I it, it really it really can be. It can be real laid back and it can be real stressful. One minute you're eating dinner, the next minute you're you're running into a burning house. You yeah. Know? So it can it can be uh, a lot of different things. See a lot of bad stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that you don't, you know, you try to compartmentalize, do whatever with, but, uh, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it's very rewarding because you do help. You are actually helping people, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's cool, man. I dig it. People's Again. response <laughs> to you as a firefighter, because before this, you were a policeman. That's correct. You're, you said, you said this in the pre-show, 
their response to you as a firefighter is like is almost across the board 100% like super positive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's night and day. Unfortunately, that's which that's, is, that's, which that's is tough because totally. it's a totally different it's like you're both both jobs are responding to emergencies. Right. It's just that sometimes uh, the police job is responding to human created emergencies Absolutely. and the fire most of the time right would be accidental it's, it's about the same the only problem is at the end of the at the end of the emergency you have an authoritative figure yeah. and then you have a figure that's trying to help so yeah. the authoritative figure that's been sworn in to uphold the law or the constitution mm-hmm. they have to make they have to make decisions to discipline people or, or yeah. cite them whereas we don't we yeah. leave so that's why they they get the bad taste in their mouth about the police because yeah. the police actually have to they're obligated yeah whereas we go back to the station write a report about a car wreck or whatever we're not writing tickets for no insurance or running red light or right. any of those things. So we don't deliver bad news uh, to people most of the time. It's usually the police, and that's right. why, unfortunately, they get the bad rap. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, so I have one question about fire, what you do, firefighting. And my, my uncle was a, a firefighter for yeah for a long, long time. West and, Coast? Uh, yep, yep, yeah, out in man. California. Yeah, he, that's a totally different gig, man. He, he loved it, but again, it's that 24-hour shift kind of thing. Right. but. Um, what, what would you say like in, in nowadays, um, especially out here in Missouri, which I'm not as familiar with, uh, I moved out here about 15 years ago, but I mean, I'm still kind of getting used to the area, but, sure. um, like what's the most common thing that you guys see that starts a fire, but could have been easily avoided. Like if, if someone had just thought about doing this or that, or, you know, played it out differently, uh, lack of education. I mean, and I, and I mean that very lovingly, sure, um, sure. uh, just dropping a cigarette, but you know, what's this going to do? We, we get apartment fires all the time Oh wow. where a guy will flip a, a cigarette butt down and it'll get in between the, uh, two by fours of a deck or something like that. And you're not thinking that's going to light off a, 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 you know, a, uh, what am I trying to say here? It's not going to light it off, but uh-huh. every, it, it happens all the time and it's mm. cigarettes, candles, um, just stuff being left on. Uh, and then, uh, kids just not educating our kids. Uh, we're doing a project red zone, uh, right now that's getting smoke detectors out to all the, uh, all the, uh, our red zone is what we call in Springfield where we have our highest number of fires. And so we've gone out and blanketed that area, hit every house in that area and knocked on doors physically, us guys, firemen and ask if they have smoke detectors working smoke alarms. And so, uh, we just wrapped that up yesterday actually. And then, uh, and then then we have a yellow zone and green zones and we're moving on and we're going to try to cover the whole city, but October just ended and that's fire prevention month. And we went out to every elementary school in Springfield and talked to every student about fire safety, fire prevention. And it's, that's why I love my department is because, uh, they're very proactive in this and they're, they're making things happen. We actually had a fire, um, probably been a month ago, where we had just installed fire smoke alarms in the house on the project red zone side. And it actually woke the people up and got them out of the house. So oh, cool. it, I mean, instant return. So it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 cool. it's amazing. What's well, uh, smart to be intentional to get those in people's houses and you know, yeah, it's very proactive. Which, yeah. Um, huge. Uh, it's time, by the way, time for some deets or the details of this movie, by the way, folks, the movie this week is a million ways to die in the West. And there are listed in this movie. Maybe not a million, but many, many ways. Uh, a Million Ways to Die in the West, directed by Seth MacFarlane. Produced by Seth MacFarlane. Written by Seth MacFarlane. And starring Seth MacFarlane. That's true. Need I say more about uh, the brain behind this movie? <laughs> if you liked Ted, there's a shot you like this one. 
but there's no fuzzy uh, bear character. Right. <laughs> um, and if you like Seth MacFarlane, you get a lot of Seth MacFarlane in this movie. So if you, like I said, if you're really into Seth MacFarlane, you're going to love this movie. Um, if you're not as into him, I'm not as huge a fan of Seth MacFarlane. So I was kind of like, okay, that's actually maybe <laughs> ultimately what made this a horrible movie for me. <laughs> um, Seth MacFarlane's a very polar guy. I mean, uh, you either love him or hate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, he has that edge to him. And, uh, Isn't he always playing Seth MacFarlane, though? Absolutely. Like, he has no range. Yeah, no. Okay. None at all. Um, Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. Not the ugliest person I've ever seen. Um, stars in this movie as his love interest. Giovanni Ribisi. 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 Who was in... What was that one? My Two Dads. He was the friend, the neighbor friend in My Two Dads. He was in some My Name is Earl episodes, too. He was also in Friends. He's Phoebe's brother. That's right. That's right. And uh, he was in Ted. And I'm... Yeah, they Donnie. must be buddies. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is in this. He has a mustache in this. I think... I think did Neil you cut your mustache off? I did. I heard you were growing a mustache, and I, so when we yes. saw when I saw this, I was like, yeah. "Dude, I totally see the mustache tone uh, coming this out." It's going so bad, so quick. No, all the guys at work are growing them out for uh, Male Health Month, which mm-hmm. is November. So we have a thing at work again, like a campaign, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys will grow out their mustaches because you can't grow a beard because of well, uh, we, the, the mask. And that's correct. Yeah, our SCBA mask has to seal to our face, so we can't yeah. grow beards. Which I would, man, I'd love to grow a beard. But anyways. So I, I uh, had our parent-teacher conference the other night with your wife mm-hmm. and my wife, and I walk in with this dirty lip, and my wife's just like, I can't believe She's you so did not shave this off. Wives and- are great about that, though, being embarrassed, <laughs> embarrassed for us. And we're like, I don't care. Look at this. I don't care. So I sit there and <laughs> talk. to me. I talked with my hand over my mouth the whole night. But- it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman is in this. Another polarizing figure. You sure. are either bought in to Sarah Silverman, or you are, oh yeah. my gosh! I find her, I find her oddly attractive. Like I don't know if that's weird. No, I, no, I, 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 I like her features as well. <laughs> but the issue is sometimes she just is so over the top. Right. Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, is in this. Um, I say that wrong. Uh, let's see, let's have her real quick. Get down here. Okay, so here's the cameos. Um, Gilbert Godfrey as Abraham Lincoln. Correct. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Dennis. That. Haskins, as uh, who is uh, by the way, Mr. Building on Save with the Bell is a snake oil salesman. <laughs> um, Christopher Lloyd uh, is Doc Brown, yeah, with the DeLorean in this movie. Yep. Uh, Bill Maurer is in this movie as a comedian. Ewan McGregor, by the way, was right. in this um, uh, as just some random cowboy. Jamie Foxx is in this movie as Django, right? From Django and Chain, which, by the way, I'm glad he showed up at the end. Yeah, he needed to to shoot the uh, the prejudice. Yeah, the prejudice sales. <laughs> uh, the the fair uh, carny person. Uh, and, the licensing alone on this movie, like they had to get the rights to, for all those characters. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is in this movie, uncredited as a, a cowboy that gets killed in the bar. <laughs> and finally, Sir Patrick Stewart does the voice of a sheep. Um, in uh, this drug-induced haze that Albert, uh, that uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane's character goes into at some point. I did not know that one. It's, it's pretty. I mean, pretty, the cast is stacked, man. It is I mean, stacked. It's stacked for a Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, should be. <laughs> Didn't expect that out of us. Um, release date, May 30th, 2014. Um, budget was $40 million. And box office was, how much do you think this movie made? You already know. I looked at it, and I can't remember. It was over 100, wasn't it? It was 87. Oh. 
million dollars. They made money. Um, but yeah, we talked about that 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 cast. Um, totally stacked. And um, I guess he has a lot of. He must have a lot of uh, a lot of folks that he can uh, pull from. Oh, Kaylee Cuoco. Did I say that right? Kaylee Cuoco, the the chick from, from uh, um, blah 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 blah. What's it called? Uh, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will get to 30 second synopsis, and we'll talk about the plot to this movie. Mark, stick around. I'm here. We'll be a right back. Okay, well, uh, Mark, I don't know if you've ever invented anything that is a <laughs> um, patent, such a huge, just viral sensation. Uh, I created a 30 second synopsis. Um, and you too can franchise this <laughs> wow. great thing. It's called thirty second synopsis. Don't do twenty nine second synopsis. Don't do. If you do that, then I'm. We will go to court over this. Okay. Because it's patent pending. Thirty second synopsis. Uh, if you again, if you do twenty second, I'm in litigation right now with someone who tried to do a fifteen second synopsis. Gotcha. Illegal. Can't do it. Right. Just joking. Um, all those things are lies. Um, but you're going to do thirty <laughs> second synopsis. All right. If you get this wrong, you have to hang out. Hold on. Wait. This. You have to hang out with um, Seth MacFarlane all day, okay, on a, on a drive all the way across South Dakota, um, and here's what you have to do. He's going to be in character as Ted the whole day. Oh, my gosh. As Seth MacFarlane, he will be Ted all day. I'm going to nail this, Jack. You ready? 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Beginning. Hold on. My phone just went to sleep for a second. Oh, got to enter my code again. Here we go. This is great audio, folks. Great audio. Ready? And 30 seconds of synopsis. Uh, Many ways to die in the West and go. All right, Seth MacFarlane's a pansy that lives in the West and is worried about dying. Uh, he has a love interest uh, who gets taken from him by a rich guy who has a mustachery. That's a big deal. Yeah, that, that, that thing, dude. Uh, then he falls in love with this uh, gunslinger chick who uh, is Charlize Theron, who looks great in the movie. But she's married to Liam Neeson, who is an outlaw, who comes back, finds out this is going on. They decide to go duel. Uh, he outsmarts Liam Neeson, uh, ends up winning the duel and getting a girl. There you go. Wow. Good. Fantastic. Oh, I changed the new phone equals uh, different. Uh, I should say different phone because you can see my screen on this one. I'm cheap, folks. I don't know about you, but I'm cheap. You got a designer screen. It looks like it. Yeah, there's not another screen like that in the world. You shattered know glass. It's, this like one's called Snowflake. Trapper Keeper covers shattered glass. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, Trapper Keepers. Me too, man. They're awesome. I, I wish I had one. I wish I had a wallet that was a trapper keeper. That'd be dink <laughs> dink fold open open. Except the three ring, reminder would be on your on your rear every day would be really rough. Oh, okay, yeah. so um, great job. Thanks, that was man. awesome. Have yeah. you been practicing? No, no, I had a. That lot was more really to say. concise. Yeah, and I even yeah, interrupted him in the middle. And I've I've been trying a lot lately not to interrupt people because they automatically go to the oh yeah ha ha and then it's like oh wait I just blew your your time up five seconds. It was a great job. Thanks, man. Um. I didn't want to drive across South Dakota with Seth MacFarlane as Ted. As Ted. Now, I, I think, hey, brutal honesty here. I said that about Seth MacFarlane. I'm not as big a fan of his work. Um, He's Family Guy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a huge Family Guy person. I like Family Guy because I'm ADD. So, like, yeah. and so, undiagnosed. But that's the way that cartoon operates, you know? Yeah. They get a, they get a thought. Yeah, there's and a then lot they, going on. They break to some other. I'm with you. Totally. I'm with you. The Simpsons for me is what does that for me, and, right and I just have always liked The Simpsons, like loved them. Oh yeah. For whatever reason, Family Guy just never quite hooked in hooked into that as much. Do you think there's people out there that like South Park, The Family Guy, and Simpsons all equally? I, I'll tell you right equally. 
for me, and I was in college whenever I first saw South Park. Me too. And I thought that was great. The alien. I bought, I bought two or three seasons of it. The alien on, one with the satellite and Cartman's that butt. was kind of gross. That was one of the first <laughs> ones ever, though. That's the I think that's, that's the first South Park episode. And, and things like that are what really pushed the envelope for South Park. Right. Paving the way for sure. Family Guy to be what it was today. Well, and how oh, yeah. they made those 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 cartoons with yeah. construction paper and scissors yeah. and stop motion. We could motion. do a whole episode about um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone because I really think they're pretty smart. And basketball is is not a movie I would ever do on this podcast because I enjoy it. Wow. Now some of the other stuff, Team America, we really couldn't. Well, I guess we could do. That's pretty. But I kind of I kind of crack up at that sometimes too. <laughs> oh yeah. Can't really sing the songs. No, we were at work, we were at work the other day. No kids around, just for you know <laughs> right. the, the people to know. And we were in the uh, we actually were in the coach's office singing uh, America. Uh, yep, didn't that, you said it, not me. Um, anyway, so long story short, right? Um, let's talk about this movie and the plot. First things first. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Neeson's in this movie. He has an Irish accent, right? Northern Irish. That's accent. his real accent. Yeah, absolutely. He said, "I will do this movie if you will let me." Use my accent. He's like, I never get to use my accent in a movie. Yeah. I always have to be British or American or whatever yeah. he has to Qui Gon Jinn or whatever that was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Was. You know, so he got to be Irish again. Uh, he's a kind of a brutal dude in this yeah. movie. Yeah, um, Charlie's Theron is his uh, wife, and he hits her a couple times. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty graphic. Yeah, totally. But as far as, well, never mind. It's Liam Neeson. It's not Liam Neeson. It's a horrible, uh, evil outlaw, murderer. Right. Outlaw. There we go. That's the word I was looking he for. He kills the guy with the gold. That kind of, you know, that was a that, sad point that, in the movie. You that know, was, was really sad. It, yeah. Well, it set the tone. Yeah. So the movie begins, folks, um, with a voiceover about the millions of ways to die in the West. Seth MacFarlane is the main character. Obviously, he wrote, he directed it, produced it, writ, wrote Directed it, produced it, wrote it, and starred in it. Um, and he is talking about this, and he has a duel because he owes somebody some money. Right. And yeah, he owes a, a guy. Had to give him some sheep or something like that, I think, in the end. That's what it was. He's a sheep herder. That's right. And uh, so that's his, that's his thing. This movie really does um, try to play into the Blazing Saddles feel. The more and more I got into the movie, the more I thought, there's a lot of Blazing Saddles in this. Uh, if you read about what Seth's ideas were, um, they were that he liked westerns. He always wanted to do a western. He joked about um, what uh, what it would be like to to uh, have a western based on all the different ways. They, basically, this conversation he'd have with a friend about all the different ways you could die in the west. Right. And how dangerous it was and how your life is it is always in peril. It is. We would have been, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, I've done uh, some uh, family tree research, you know, you mm-hmm. do uh, whatever that gene, uh, whatever they call it. Ancestry.com. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I, I did some of that and every family had like one or two children that died. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, Oregon Trail stuff, some fever or some, you know, at birth or whatever. Yeah, cholera. Yeah. And it, it would be horrible to live back then. You know, my daughter has type 1 diabetes they didn't have insulin back then that would have been a that would have been a a a done deal you know so i've thought about this on a serious scale but then it's also true how how there was no medicine there uh, and the medicine they make fun of in the movie you know the nail in the ear and all that so i mean it's um it's uh it's true i i i i I empathize with him on these thoughts if that makes sense it makes total sense right on um now 
did we need to make a movie about this? Could I could I have had an episode of Family Guy instead <laughs> that highlighted it? Sure, but he made some money off it. He got paid a lot. He got greenlit to make this movie, and he's Seth MacFarlane, so he can make about whatever he wants at this point, right? I think I don't know what his net worth is, but I'm sure it's insane. More more power to the guy for being able to do what he's done. Right. I mean, you know, that's pretty awesome. Um, so he uh, Seth MacFarlane, his character. Um, has a girlfriend, right? Yes. Um, she is not as doesn't really reciprocate his love as much. His best friend is Giovanni Rabisi. Yep. Again, I need someone to explain how to say that name. I um, had to write it down like phonetically. Rabisi. Okay. Yep. Um, and I've known him as an actor for a long time, but never, right. you know, really try to pronounce his last name. Um, he um, is his friend. He dates Sarah Silverman. She is a woman of the night. If you will, yes, she is. wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about. And they make a lot of fun of a, god, a god fearing woman of the night. She is. Yeah, she she is able to. I'm again. We're going to keep this rated G as best possible. Right. To keep the two separate. Right. Which is a very interesting <laughs> right way to go about business. Like her and, and 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 the Giovanni character are waiting to get married. Yeah, they're waiting to you know, <laughs> right to you know, consummate consummate. Yeah. There you go. But anyway. Yeah. Did I mention what she did for a living? Okay. Right. So so he um he's wanting to leave um he's wanting to leave to go to um San Francisco. Right. He's been wanting to leave for a long time. Um and so you're left with that, you get the run up, the introduction of this character, you're left with okay, he wants to go to San Francisco. Then we meet Clinch Leatherwood. <laughs> what a great name though. Which is Liam Neeson's uh character. He kills this old prospector, which is Matt Clark, which Matt Clark's in a bunch of uh, old westerns, by the way, folks. Uh, he's kind of an old character actor that's been around forever. He's a prospector, right? He's an old <laughs> prospector. And so um, he rides up. Liam Meeson rides up. His um, He's got a, a right-hand man that's with him. He's got Shirley's there and his wife. Um, and they, um, they basically kill this guy and... Um, they're going to go into town. Why do they end up going to town? What What's the reasoning for them to go to town? Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Actually, I think they go off. They send Charlize Theron to town because I, I can't remember if they're looking for somebody or if they're trying to. You got me here. I, I'm trying to remember. I just checked the highlights the other day. But they take his gold, leave him, and they go off. I think they're hunting somebody. And then she goes off to town. Yeah, he's just going to continue robbing people. And they he sends them off on a little side mission to go into Old Stump. That's the name of the town. That's right. the main town here. And um, the Lewis is the right-hand man, and then Anna, had the wife, they go into town, um, and they're at the church meeting. And that's how you first are introduced Introduce to them. Him, right. Um, and so uh, Seth MacFarlane's character and Giovanni's character see them at the church meeting thing. He, Seth MacFarlane, and her hit it off a little bit. Right. Um, he saves. Here's what it is. There's a bar fight because every time they ever have, they're in the bar. Oh, the girlfriend, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's girlfriend, um, says, "I don't love you," and we need to break up or whatever. Um, turns out she was actually going out with Neil Patrick Harris' character, the mustache uh, guy that has a mustache shop. By the way, totally. I feel like the mustache shop could be a thing now. Oh, absolutely! Oh, it is. Go downtown. I mean, is like there already, Dapper Barber and like uh, Hudson Hawk. And all I'm talking guys. about. It's not even a place to get. It's a place for, um, we just 
things for your mustache. I feel like we are to the point with hipster with hipster stuff now. We could totally have go in Walmart here in Republic, and they have beard wax. Ugh. I was I was buying hair products the other day, yeah. and they have beard wax up there. And I mean, a whole, and it's not cheap. It's not cheap. It's like little one ounce cans, beard seventeen wax. bucks. Gosh. So anyway, um, they um, they had, there's a bar fight. He's they're drowning his sorrows. Uh, in, I'm right. assuming some sarsaparilla. It broke. It broke Seth's heart. Yeah, I mean. it broke his heart because this woman, uh, his his lady, uh, didn't uh, want him anymore, and so he's there drowning his sorrows. He's going to get leave for San Francisco or whatever. But there's a bar fight breaks out, and Charlize Theron's character's in the bar as well, and she's about crushed by two people falling off of the uh, yes. the top banister. That's right. Uh, they're fighting. Everyone in the bars is fighting. <laughs> this is one funny part of the movie for me. <laughs> Giovanni's character and Seth's character. Just do this air yeah, uh, they, thing like this. Because they, they, they know we want a fake fight because I don't want to get in a real fight. Right, right. Like I don't want anyone to think. And so they, they, they talk fight about each other. how they're fighting each other. We're good. We're really getting after it over here. Everybody, <laughs> just leave us alone. We're just doing our... Which is kind of funny. Anyway, he sees this happening. He saves her uh, from being crushed by two people. So then they hit it off. Um, she teaches him. Really, we're... Um, here we go. The um, Albert, this is Seth MacFarlane's character is challenged to a shooting competition, right? Now, they go to the fair. Rewind. Um, they go to the fair. Right. Where, By the way, what happens at the fair? Uh, everybody dies. Every somebody, year, somebody dies at the every fair. Every year, people <laughs> die at the fair. And so they um, go to the fair, and we see uh, Luis, it's his ex-girlfriend, right. um, with Neil Patrick Harris's character, Foy. He, again, runs the mustache, the mustache shop in town. Mustachery. The mustachery. That's what it's called. It sings a song at some point yeah. about oh. a mustache. I can't remember how it goes. A mustache. Oh, my. Yeah, that's a that's a, I thought that was pretty good. That was okay. And then um so then they um so then they um there's a challenge about a shooting competition. Right. Um Enter the prejudiced that at fair the, guy. Yeah, at the yeah. fair guy who has a horrible shooting gallery thing. Uh Foy wins it. Um and then, but then Anna comes in and then beats uh, Charlie Theron's character comes in and beats uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character. It's back and forth. Um, she bets him a dollar, and everybody freaks out, right. takes their hat off. Yes, I can't believe it. I haven't seen a dollar. Foy, um, Neil Patrick Harris's character is insulted, uh, and he chal- and Albert uh, he he makes fun of Albert. Albert then, in his haste, challenges Foy to a duel uh, in a week. High noon or whatever, because that's what you do then. Right. Basically, then Anna, Charlie Theron's character, teaches him how to shoot. I'm only talking about that because later in the movie, he had to have come this whole journey to learn how to shoot. Um. Then, then basically, we are left with uh, the backstory where uh, does what's his face kill some more people? Uh, the uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's character. Uh. Yeah, he comes. Uh, well, that then doesn't uh, Neil Patrick Harris? Ch- they challenge. They do the duel in the street, but doesn't uh, Charlize Theron give him some kind of laxative? There or you something? go. So th- they have a the night before the duel is supposed to happen. Um, she is saying Charlize Theron's character is like, "You've got you, Luis, have had the nice man, nicest, uh, nicest person ever, and you're rude to him." And then Neil Patrick Harris is like, "He's an idiot." Blah 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 blah, and she challenges him to. See if he, if he can drink more than her, but what she does That's is right. she 
put some laxative in his, uh, like Dumb and Dumber style, put some laxative totally. in his. But it's a slow working laxative. Yeah, it is. It's like it a time release. the next or day. Maybe yeah. it's old medicine, so it doesn't work as well. Capsules. So she puts that in there. Um, and then uh, the next day for the duel, um, he's got. Yeah, that's bad. My son walked in whenever I was watching this part. <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris is like. Um, Borrowing people's hats <laughs> to go to relieve himself in, and it's really sad. Really, really sad. Yes, it is. Um, Th- there's a lot of Family Guy humor in what you guys are talking oh, about. Oh, there's a ton. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, it, it's that's all it is. And he can't even. He, but it's a lot like on Dumb and Dumber, where I mean, he can't even function. He's just like sweaty, pale skin, like. <laughs> Like he's just dying. He know? should have been nominated for an award. This on was that. the best act- face. This looks- is the best acting he's ever done. In yeah. my eyes. <laughs> this is it surpasses Doogie Howser, and it definitely surpasses uh, uh, how, about, I, how I Met Your Mother. What about Harold and Kumar? So that was some good acting by yeah, Neil okay, Patrick Harris. Okay, <laughs> okay, maybe. Gosh, when you every time I think about Harold and Kumar, I think of Good Burger, oh. which they're not at all related. Oh. But anyway. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, there we go. My son loves that movie. There we go. Um. Um, is a Harold and Kumar and a Good Burger reference in one episode. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, the rest of the movie is this: is that they are then, um, we're we're, we're shown um, that Clinch shows up. Um, he's heard that Anna. Okay, Charlie's there, and and uh, I think I'm doing here. Seth MacFarlane's. Um, I'm putting my hands together for some reason awkwardly um have had some smoochie at some point right they've not you know reciprocated anything beyond that but um that's made him mad he's a murderous person right he's an outlaw he's the fastest gun in the territory and so he shows up and basically from here on um charlie theron's character turns on him hits him over the head with a rock leaves a, a flower in his oh yeah yeah uh, hind quarters that. at yes. one point yes it's really awkward um <laughs> And then, basically, uh, it's the fight to the duel at the end, and uh, he has to go on a walkabout journey scenario because right. he leaves town. Was that a crocodile Dundee? It was kind of like a, okay, yeah, like okay. a walkabout. Walkabout. Um, walkabout. <laughs> uh, but they uh, he ends up with some Native Americans. They give him a bunch of pe- peyote, but he drinks the entire uh, thing of peyote <laughs> and freaks out. Oh, yeah. Because he tells them before, by the way, this was a, at least somewhat funny, um, that, oh, I'm I'm really susceptible to, to anything, you know, med- medicinal drugs, anything like that. I, I'm, I know I'm going to freak out. They're like, oh, it's fine. Just, you know, just do it. And he ends up drinking the whole thing. He's supposed to just take a sip of it. But he ends up freaking out. And in this whole thing, what they didn't show was that they taught him how to make a, uh, use uh, uh, rattle, rattlesnake venom, put it in a bullet. That's right. He has a gunfight in the end, shoots um, Liam Neeson in the arm. It poisons Liam Neeson because Liam Neeson thought, oh, he missed. Now I'm going to kill him. So he, Liam Neeson shoots his gun out of his hand. He has no gun. He talks long enough to where the uh, snake venom kicks in. He dies. He and Charlie Theron live happily ever, live happily ever after. It's beautiful. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, when we come back, we will talk about the goods and bads of this movie. Excellent. Be back. All right. Let's do this real quick. Let's talk about some goods and bads of this movie. Let's start with the goods, Mark. All right. What are the goods of this movie? The goods? I, I thought 
several scenes were hilarious. But I'm in a wicked like I have like you don't want to get you like wicked. No, no. As a joke, (laughs) the the musical. I did pay to go see that. Okay, it was it was good. But um, no. Uh, my sense of humor's uh, like my favorite movie in the world is Big Lebowski. That's cool. Okay, Uh, I'm a Coen Brothers guy. Like uh, Raising Arizona is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies. I'm a comedy guy. Uh, now I do like slapstick comedy too. Right. Uh, Leslie Nielsen was my one of my heroes. The Nick of Gun stuff, all that. Mm-hmm. So you know OJ is in those movies. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> he falls down. He does the stairs. die in every one of he them. Does. <laughs> he falls down the stairs and then gets drugged underneath the Greyhound. Right. Yes. Uh, and then the stadium scene at the end that was great. But yeah. um, but no, I, I I like that slapstick kind of comedy. Um, the uh, the scenes with the fair I think are hilarious. And then uh, the, I think the best scene though is him in the in the saloon. And he's talking about how messed up the West is and how you can die doing anything. And he mm-hmm. takes him outside and shows him the sheriff who's been dead for three days. Yeah. And like the and, wolves and no dragging one's him. done anything about it. And the wolves, he's <laughs> like, look, the wolves are dragging him away. <laughs> right, right. Now that was funny. Like right, that, right. That, was, I, that was funny. Uh, he's talking about the miners over in the corner who die from uh, farting, you know, yeah. and one guy stands up and just falls over. Because of the, their diet and everything <laughs> right, right. they eat. And the they acid. And just, the- yeah, the acid and they just die from farting. <laughs> so stuff like that, I, it cracks me up. The photographer at the fair. Where he explodes with the flash, and then he lights the other people on fire that are getting their picture taken, and then yeah. the guys stand up and shoot him just to kill him, and they're like, yeah. "Stand still!" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stuff like that I find very funny. Um, th- so that that's the best part of the movie for me. Um, another good part of the movie is the actors. You know, I you 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 know these actors. You know where they come from, their backgrounds. If you don't like the actors, and that's a problem, but uh, I liked all the actors for the most part. Neil Patrick Harris is hilarious. Um, Shirley Theron's, like you said, easy to look at. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, uh, she was in Mean Girls. That's one of my daughter's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've seen her before at a younger age. Um, so, I mean, and Sarah Silverman, all the cameos. The Doc Brown. That was cool. The Doc Brown scene was amazing. Django at the end was cool. And Django at the end was amazing. Uh, when he walks in and Doc Brown's like, whoa. And you can tell us the DeLorean's covered up. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm working on a, exp- a weather experiment. Weather experiment, yeah. And so, he like, <laughs> and then he walks out and that's the end of it. It was like a five-second cameo. Right. So, those little tidbits, those little morsels, I guess, uh, like I like that. Yeah, I, I dig stuff like that. Uh, so that's probably the best part of the movie for me. The the humor, and it, there was a lot of crude humor, but I kind of like crude humor. I right. probably I probably shouldn't as much as I do, but some of that stuff I, I really laughed out loud. Um, so that's that's the best part. The 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 the, the bad parts for me was uh, some of the acting. <laughs> yeah. Of course, in these movies, you're not looking for. Oscar the highest, yeah, exactly. Even though you had a lot of them, sure. Um, uh, it, they kind of some of the, a lot of the scenes were stretched. They should have edited it down. I, I think it was almost a two hour movie. Yeah, I think it was an hour and eighteen minutes or something like that. So they they should they could have cut it down to an hour and a half movie and yeah. still got all the points across and got it all funny. Um, another good part of the movie was just the uh, the plot. If you strip away all the comedy, all the stuff, it talks about a guy who's having a bad time, uh, has a materialistic girlfriend. You know, it's kind of a high school story yeah, or with you. college yeah. story yeah. where he's loses his girlfriend he's heartbroken she goes off with a guy who has money he mm-hmm. meets a girl doesn't think anything of it but then the relationship grows into a beautiful relationship yeah. but then you know you have to have the tragedy in the movie or whatever you want to call it and the bad guy comes in and tries mm-hmm. to yeah. mess everything up but right so that the the bottom line of that i thought that was the best part of the movie okay so um my goods for this movie uh one like you said, the little cameo, the Doc Brown stuff was good. Um, I like, here's what I like about, I do like that Seth MacFarlane can create something, see it through, and then 
he got to reap the rewards of creating his own thing. He's right. at a point in his career where he can make sure. anything, and it would probably do. You know, there's he has a built-in audience. He can finance his own stuff. He doesn't yes. have to have. Right? But good for him that he's in a situation he can do that. Sure. Um, the other good thing was that Mr. Belding's in this, <laughs> yeah, and I'm right. always glad. And I could list off some of the things that Mr. Belding's been doing over the years, and it's not a whole lot. Right. There's actually a video online, and I can't remember the name. It's a school-related video. Um, uh, it's a rap. It's a rap song, and I like I'll. I sound so white when I just said that. It's a rap. <laughs> it's a rap, and the kids are going to think it's groovy. Um, he's also in an episode of The Dukes of Hazard back in the day. Oh, wow. Now uh, you're talking about That's deep that's dive. That's my speed. Man. So there's those two things, and obviously said with a bell. Um, and uh, so those those things are good. I'm glad that uh, Liam Neeson got to use his Irish accent. Yeah. I like Liam Neeson. I do, too. I like him Rob in Roy. The Gray. Right. You ever seen that one? In The Gray? Holy. You ever seen The Gray? Was he in Rob Roy? I'm, Maybe. The Gray. I have not seen The Gray. Uh, you need to watch The Gray. Holy Lord. There's there's it's a... It's the wol- the wolves are after him. What's the one where he's the Irish, like... Um, oh, he's a famous Irish, like, uh, politician, and he, like, leads everybody on this revolution and... Rob Roy. He's Rob, He's in Rob Roy. Okay, he was a Scotsman in that, though, Right. Right. Yep. Uh, he's in Rob Roy and then um but uh, he's he's just so good. He's in Taken, all three of them. That uh, family the, in Taken the by the first way. Take, the first Taken was on, great. People? Right. Like go off the grid, go to like Nome, Alaska or something. <laughs> the first one was great. There's a point where you just say, "We're out of here." <laughs> the, the the best like, part <laughs> We got to get away from these people. The best part of that first one was he slaps a guy to death on that boat. Like slaps a guy to death. Like that's that was the best part of that movie. Like is that bad to say? Like he actually open hand slaps this guy and kills no, him. That's good. Um, he is in Liam Neeson is in the movie Kroll. By the way, oh the gray, yeah. Oh, and he was in. We yeah. talked about this oh, with Danae Hughes when she, uh, when, when she did Kroll, and I thought it was awesome. Like it's like <laughs> Liam Neeson is in this stinking movie. Like so good. Anyway. And so those things for me were pretty good. Well, he's, he's Oscar Schindler, Schindler's List. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I mean, but, yeah. And he's just so good. He could have been better as Qui-Gon Jinn in that Phantom Menace movie. Oh, but man. I think a lot of things could have been better. I think that, that was a Lucas thing. <laughs> but but he could have been better. Just turn him loose. Let him be Liam Neeson. Right. It was weird. Like, it was odd. Is, How- he, is he funny in this movie? In this movie that we're talking about, uh, the um, Million Days, I don't think no. some of the things he he is the butt of. <laughs> get that? What I just did there? Yes. Of a bunch of jokes. Um, is he the straight man? Well, he's the evil villain, oh, and he's okay. shooting everybody up because he's really he's okay, he yeah, is so. the fastest gun where in wherever we're at here in the West or wherever we're at. And um, but beyond that, the bands for me a lot of Seth MacFarlane. Again, if you like Seth MacFarlane, this is a Seth MacFarlane buffet. Like this is you came here you wanted, you wanted the Seth MacFarlane uh, chocolate fountain check. We got, got the it. appetizer. You want the appetizer? Right. Right. We got Seth MacFarlane salads here. Right. We've got them, and it's all over the place. Yeah. So if you want, if you wanted more of that, you're all over it. And there's no Marky Mark. Uh, is he? Is that who's in? Ted. Mark Wahlberg. Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Yes. Yeah. Do you, as a person with the first name Mark, despise it if someone calls you Marky Mark? Uh it's happened. Several times in my life. And what do you think when someone goes, the funky bunch hey, was around. Marky Mark, what up? <laughs> yeah, the funky bunch was around when I was in junior high and high school, so it happened a lot. And it's kind of like when you call, you know, girls girls back then got named Mackenzie. 
And that's when Spuds McKenzie was big. Oh. And so, like, that was going down. So I'm getting off track. No, but, you're fine. But, no, uh, it didn't bother me. No, I, I grew up in, like, a hip-hop neighborhood, so. Oh, so it was kind of. Yeah, it was north side. Yeah. It was like, man, I'm Marky Mark in the front because I'm a white guy and my name's Mark, so they call me Marky Mark. <laughs> so it worked out. I like it. <laughs> um, so are you saying that some of the humor is just a little too juvenile? like Very juvenile oh, yeah. at times. Yeah. Um, now, again. Not my flavor. I, I've said this before on this podcast. Literally, one of my top five favorite movies of all time is Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I really like westerns too. Like just all, like a lot of westerns. I, I sat, I've sat and watched days worth of westerns with my dad. Like growing up, things would come on. Uh, what was it at the time? Again, it's like Turner movie classics now, but but it was AMC. Whenever AMC was before it became, you know, the, the network that brought you Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. Right. They just showed old. Black and white stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're, you know, I watched a lot of Westerns growing up. I, so I love the genre. And it's not that this is that far off the genre. And it's not even trying to be a serious Western. I get that. You right, know? Right. But it, to me, it's, it's not my, not my, uh, not my favorite. Uh, you, you talk about Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks is a genius. And, and the way he wrote that movie totally made fun. And you couldn't of prejudiced America. We've talked about that. We probably couldn't right. do that on. We probably couldn't do that today in right. a movie. No, you could not because this movie tries to at times do it, but they don't go whole hog. No, 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 no. You know, but it's teaching a lesson how stupid prejudiced in America was back then. Absolutely, it's, it's teaching. Yeah, like that. Blazing Saddles actually had a moral underlying all through the movie, yeah, where it, people, a lot of people right. watch the movie for face value. Oh, it's right. That. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. No, it's not. It's it's Mel Brooks going. Here are our issues, folks. Absolutely. Like, look what we're. T- Look at and that. how stupid it and is. And again, this is coming from he was a, a Jewish man, right? Absolutely, like, who's been persecuted, <laughs> like a decorated, you know a decorated World War II veteran too. By there the way, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, but, uh, all those guys, all those. Think about that. For that's a whole other podcast for a whole other right. time. But like, like people that are people, people of that age, Stan Lee, they're oh. all they were in World War II, right? And like, they're, they're still kicking, dude. Mind still around, man. My so. my uh. My wife's uh, grandma was a World War II nurse. Wow! Man. So it's like, like just that general. We were lucky, folks, uh, that they were around. That they, well, we we're lucky they were around, and we're honestly we we're lucky to live in a time where we're not all getting called into duty. I guess we're almost to the too uh, old now, know, which is right? hilarious. I'm anyway, forty, man, so I think I'm safe. There you go. Know. Never you know, know though. You yeah, never know. You never know. Um. Anyway, um. Let's rate this movie. Scale of one horrible to five horrors. One being bad, five being just. The worst thing you can imagine, Krampus un- unleashed. Yeah, that'd um, be a five. Or maybe for you, maybe we're not even. I don't know. Maybe this is a an an NR, a not rated. Maybe uh, you did bring this on the podcast, though. I know, man. So you got to remember that. I brought it. I brought it mainly because I have a rating on this in my mind. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, pretty hated low. It. Hated it. They hated. Well, it. So they hate a lot of things. Thirty, thirty percent. Yeah, right. And so I try not to stick with that, but I think I am IMDb gave it six. Yeah, six it's kind of in the middle on on IMDb. Now, Roger, uh, Roger Ebert gave it like a one out of four. Yeah, he thought it was pretty bad. Now, is he still around? Did he pass away? Siskel and Ebert. I know Siskel did. He Ebert, died, he died Ebert did not ago. die yet. Okay. Ebert is still kicking. So, anyways, but uh, it got low ratings. The reviews got were bad. My thing was, I thought it was decent. Uh, I thought it did lag in some spots, but I I laughed out loud at it. So it gave me some enjoyment. And like you said, Charlize Theron's not hard to look at. So, yes. I mean, and she looked really good in this. She looked nothing like Monster. So. Would you go to the theater and pay full price for this to watch? If I knew what it was going to be, no. Okay. So what are you thinking then? 
I'd get I give it a I give it a one. Okay. I was gonna go with a two. Right. Because it's a genre it's a genre movie, but it's a comedy genre movie. And I don't again, if the standard again is blazing saddles for this genre, this is not anything near it. Like, no it's way. not even anywhere near no the way. I mean, it's like <laughs> No way. You know what I'm saying? It's like sure. I want to watch professional football. Here, here's the XFL. Right. Sure. You'll love the XFL. Vince McMahon's in charge of it. Right. <laughs> not the same. Yeah. Anyway. That's again, oh, yeah, I, I love the XFL, by the way. Yeah, didn't did Trump back that? Who back? No, it was uh Warner time. Uh, Trump had a um USFL team. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um no, XFL was uh Turner. Ted Turner, right? No, it, that was Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, but WWF he, he, he was guy. he was in with somebody else though. There was a partnership. Oh, um what's his face from NBC? Um Yeah, 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 yeah. That that got fired. Yeah, I, can't I can't remember his name. Either. I watched that anyway, whole documentary. That, that's 30 man. for 30 is really that was good. a great documentary. Tell me about this. You were alluding to it earlier. What, Mark Phillips, what have you been into lately? Uh, family, man. Uh, I used to, as a firefighter, uh, we work 24 hours on, 48 off. So, I mean, it's, it's a great schedule. We do work uh, an average of 56 hours a week. So that sounds like a lot. That's 16 hours overtime to a regular 8 to 5 person. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, with two days off um, every three days, it's pretty liberating. And so a lot of guys take side jobs. A lot of guys do other things. I, uh, I went back to school, uh, finished up my master's program at Missouri State, and I did a lot of teaching, and then I worked for the marketing department at Missouri State, and so uh, advertising department. So I was crazy busy, crazy, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. busy. Too and, busy. Yeah, too busy, man. Yeah, where you're uh, like, I'm just, now I'm just, I'm overdone. Now. Absolutely, I'm overdone, yeah. absolutely. So, and I was working at the busiest station in Springfield. Mm-hmm. I was, it, it was just a lot to deal with. Um, I, since then, I, I finished up school. Uh, I quit my other two jobs. And I, I stay home my two days and I see my kids a lot more and I hang out with my wife a lot more. It's just a lot nicer uh, to be able to get stuff done that I wanted to do in the past. So I'm kind of a, a, a I'm kind of back to being a housekeeper or a, a house dad yeah. and then working every third day and still still having a career. Cool. So that's that's one thing that I'm uh, I'm really trying to focus on now is family. My wife and I have decided we're going to run a 5K in January. Awesome. So. You heard it here first, so check back with us. So we will, yeah. When we don't make it happen, then you can ridicule us. So, I, you know, you look at me, you definitely <laughs> know that I will be ridiculing you. Right. Well, so anyway, so we're going to make that happen. We're, we're trying to do more stuff together, trying to be more active together. So cool. uh, we've been married 16 years, almost 17. So it's, uh, I have a great marriage, great wife. She's amazing. Um, and how I hooked up with that, I don't know, man. But it just it, we all luck into things, right? right? Just stumble right. <laughs> and if you in. can marry up, then you're doing really good. I, I married way. I married way. So, anyways, uh, and then another thing, my brother. I was talking about my brother. He's yeah. a uh, he's a DJ uh, out of Springfield, but he's been all over the place. Um, he he toured with several bands, Three Eleven, Lit, Garbage. He did an MTV tour. Uh, he's been in Rolling Stone, but he uh, he actually got on with uh, Kid Rock back in April mm-hmm. and did his cruise ship thing. And and what that is, it's, so cool. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's <laughs> It's the most insane thing you ever seen, dude. It's like Walmart on a boat, dude. It's like like if you go in Walmart like yeah. ten at night, yeah. It's like that on a ship <laughs> with Kid Rock like doing three shows. But anyways, so he DJed on that, and uh, there were several bands on there, and one of the bands was the Struts, and yeah. they're from the UK. Okay. Young guys, uh, they're amazing. If you haven't heard them, you need to check them out. They sound like Queen, like uh-huh. a modern Queen. Awesome. The lead singer sounds like Freddie Mercury, but he's got a range like crazy. That's cool. And uh, yeah. Um, but my brother and I would eat dinner every night. We got to eat in the artist cafe and it was it, just hanging out with these guys. Uh, and so we ate dinner every night with the drummer and the bass player and, uh, Alex and Geffen. So we, 
we actually got pretty close with those guys. And uh, just, I don't know, it was like three or four weeks ago, a buddy of mine calls me. I was like, hey, dude, the Foo Fighters are oh, in. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're in Tulsa, oh November gosh. 15th, which they're going to be there November 15th. And he's like, uh, you want to go? And I'm like, ah, I love the Foo Fighters. I got to see them at Mizzou at the Hearn Center open for Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's awesome, yeah. Back when they first started right. up. And they, 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 they killed it. They yeah. tore the Red Hot Chili Peppers up. Like, they were good. Dude. Yeah, awesome. it was amazing. Uh, that's my son Miller's favorite band. No kidding. Foo Fighters, 100%. Well, Taylor Hawkins, I'm a drummer. You know, yeah, he's Taylor, awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, anyways, we're like, hey, we're going to let's, – let's, let's take a trip. So, I'm looking for tickets online, and I see the struts are opening for the Foo Fighters. Wow. Yeah. And so, I'm like – whoa, man, wait a minute. So I get on my phone, and I still have Geffen's number. And he gave me his phone number, and he goes, call me, dude. We, we're in the United States 90% of the year. They have to go back, you know, the U.K., do their thing. That's their but, home, too. Yeah. But they're blowing up here. The U.K. is kind of catching on to him now. But So he's like, if we're ever in your area, give me a call, man. And I'm like, okay. So they're in Tulsa. I called him up, or actually texted him. You know, yeah. I'm not going to call. I just texted him. And I said, hey, Gavin, I don't know if you remember us, but he's like, absolutely, man. I said, hey, you're going to be in Tulsa. Uh, we live like two hours down the road, two and a half hours. He's like, uh, you're on the list, man. <gasps> so, so yeah, man, it's crazy. That's awesome. That's so, cool. I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but we're going to go down to Tulsa. And I'm, man, I'm thinking, don't tell your wife this, but I'm thinking about taking my, my son, Jack, because he's, when I first started, fine. She would be like, my wife would be like, yeah, that's she'd, awesome. She'd be all over well, that. Well, like Jack, Jack doesn't know. But, no. Oh, I okay. Oh, but, I, I get you. But the struts, well, don't let him listen to this then. Yeah. When I first, when I first heard I was going to go on this cruise with my yeah. brother, I started listening to the struts. Are we over? Are we at eighteen or is it eight, eighteen? Eighteen 30? and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got time. Go. Ahead. Uh, when I first started listening to struts to kind of like research the bands that were going to be on this cruise, I was listening to them in my truck, and I picked him up from school, and he starts singing along to the to their song yeah and i'm like how does he know these guys man and like he's singing every word and i'm like jack and my son's very musical and he's like dad these kids these guys are on my uh y2k like baseball game and i'm like really and sure what? enough they're on the soundtrack of his white and that's how he knew the song so that's awesome so he's all about it and whenever i went and met him on the cruise i brought him back pics from him yeah. and all that and he ate it all up so but uh i just got him into the food fighters about a month ago so we'll see how that goes. But food fighters are awesome. david grohl is a guy i will definitely geek out over Dude, i don't i don't geek much he's on so guys. talented they're so stinking awesome. Uh, David Grohl, I you know I grew up '92. Never mind, you yeah. know like that album yeah. changed a lot of things for me. Um, you know, the, the, I was a grunge kid. Yeah. You know, Pearl Jam, the whole Seattle hey, dude, thing. Soundgarden, Red Soundgarden is one of my favorite bands. Totally, man. Um, uh, Foo Fighters. I saw them live. I've seen them live twice, yeah. and I saw them uh, once at Memorial Hall in Kansas City. Yep, I and saw Primus. Dude, one time. so good, like yeah. so good. Um, and. David Grohl's ability on drums is like unparalleled, and yeah. his ability to just like play all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he, so weird. And he's a good singer. When they came out, man, whenever whenever Kurt Cobain died, I was a senior in high school, and then like two years later, like ninety six ish seven is when Foo Fighters hit, and I thought, man, David Grohl's riding his you know coattails, yeah, but riding like, the whole Nirvana coattail thing, and yeah. So I, I didn't get into him very much, and then my buddy Jimmy, he's actually the one that called me and told me they were playing Tulsa, but he started making me listen to him all the time. We were in a band together in high school, and. Cool. Um, yeah, he's a professor of photography at Missouri State now, and cool. uh, he uh, he got me into listening. I was like, man, these guys are good. And then their albums kept getting better and better, and the singles and everything. I mean, it just and David Grohl's just like a guy you you'd want to hang out with. Yeah, you, you know? know, he's just like this like Mellow. really, really yeah, 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 yeah. Did you guys ever see like uh, uh, what's it called? It was HBO documentary um, Sonic Highways. Yeah, I've, I've watched Did it. You watched that? Yeah, there's one on Netflix now called Back and Forth. Uh, it's really good too. He, uh, the, the one that I dug was in New York when he was at a small little studio in New York and he was recording and some kid walks by and recognizes him with his dad 
And the dad's like, I've taught him some of your songs on the guitar. And I don't know. I don't think it was staged. I don't think David Grohl's like that. But he was like, you want to come in the studio and check it out? And the kid's like, what? And so David Grohl gives him his guitar, man. He's like, let's play some stuff, dude. And they recorded it and gave it to the kid. Like, it was crazy. It's awesome. So, I mean, and then he breaks his leg down in South America. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, yeah. I saw that, I saw that one. Comes yeah. back out, props it up, finishes yeah. the concert. Yeah. I mean, he just seems like a dude. Because he jumped. He said he jumped like, what was he trying to do? He was trying to jump off of the stage into the pit area or something. He was trying right. to jump. And he didn't realize how far down it was, but it was a lot further down. And he landed, and it's like he feels like it felt like crack. Right. Oh. And they got him back up on stage, and he was trying to finish. He was like, my legs just like throbbing. Yeah, they took like, him backstage, wrapped it up. He came back out, put it up on a monitor, and finished up the song, yeah. uh, up the whole concert. Does, does he play drums during the shows? I think he does switch. When, up. when I saw him live, he he. Well, this has been like a decade ago now, sure or more. And he um. He Taylor was on one drum set and then he was on another drum set to open the show. That's, That's cool. cool. Awesome. Like, That's it was awesome. So freaking good. Yeah, man. And you know he's not a crazy technical drummer like a Chad Sexton from Three Eleven. But he just kind of throws himself at the drums. The way it's like Taylor Hawkins, same way. Yeah. You know they were talking about how he picked Taylor. You know they had another drummer. Yeah, and I can't first. remember his name. He was from Sunny Day Real Estate. That's right. Yeah. And uh, he said, man, first time Taylor played, he's like, that's how I play. That's yeah. who I and want. That, and the other guy just couldn't. It, it's he almost could, like a Pete Best thing from the from the Beatles. You got to beat up the drum like, set, man. He was he was that guy was good though. Like the guy who incendiated Real Estate. I mean, that's a big band. Sure. And it's like this weird, like, it's trying to play, like, David Grohl so next level that you just never could make. It would be like trying to play quarterback on a team that was coached by Peyton Manning. Right. And be like, well, really, you're not doing Right. Totally. No, you're <laughs> or John Elway's, you're a quarterback on John, Elway, John Elway's team. You would like, just have to know. Good luck. You'd have to be born with that, man. It's a, it's yeah. a born thing. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he definitely tackles the drums, man. Yeah, and he's he's energy the whole show. You yeah. know, Taylor Hawkins. You watch him play, and you're like, yeah, full speed. That guy, how does he weigh a pound? Because yeah. I mean, that dude should be nothing. You know, no, he the, burns yeah. th- calories, yeah. ten thousand calories a um, show. Who did Taylor? Who did Taylor Hawkins play for before he played for Foo Fighters? Phil, I don't know. It was, man. I want to say Mariah Carey. No, or, no, not really close. But um, it's a lady. Is it pop? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But. He played on the album to end all albums of this person. Like, think about ladies early, early to mid nineties. Uh, she she wrote a song about Uncle Joey from uh, Full House. Oh man! Oh, a- Avril Lavigne. No, close, close. It's close. A L Alana Alana Smith. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I was trying to get some answers out of you guys. Well, there's there's a video on Saturday Night Live. Where I think it is Alanis Morissette. Or and he's playing. He's playing in the background. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's too. Like I I, I was watching. And, reruns. And it's crazy to think about. Right. Like, think about that gig. Yeah. You have this gig, <laughs> right? And it will just go on forever, and you'll be huge. Or you can go do this gig and be also huge. <laughs> like what? That's so crazy to me. Anyway. No, uh, it's great, man. It's good stuff. I, I hope it works um, out. Think of another movie to come on. Think yeah. of a Christmas like seriously. Be thinking of a Christmas movie. I want to get I want to get December uh really squared away. Maybe we do Krampus. Maybe we do Krampus Unleashed. Home Alone Three. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. You have the energy. <laughs> let's do it. And then you were telling me about all these folks, hey. Let's get get some of those cats on here. It'll be good. Right. Let's do it. I'll get my brother up here, man. Raise the roof, man. DJP in the house. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's. I'll it's, not probably say DJP in the house when he gets here because he's actually no, got he'll be, he'll, no, he's top cred. No, no, and I'll be like, it's DJP in the house in the hizzy. Dude, he'll be like, word, 
Like he's, he's, he's cool. cool. Yeah, he's totally. not going to be like, you're, you're a moron. He he's not, that to me. he's not ate up at all, man. That's good. I love three eleven by the way. Oh, I've dude. seen them a few times. Yep. Chad Sexton is one of the best drummers. He's awesome. Yeah. And that, uh, orange County snare that he plays. Yep. He's so all good. orange County. I saw, them, I saw them in 2002 when I first moved here. Yeah. I've been St. Louis. It's right cool. on, man. I got They're some awesome. pictures I can show you guys. All right. Well, Mark, thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey man. It's um, fun. thanks for the live Come chat. Again. Guys, live chat. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Ebert died in 2013. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, man. And that's why which I was one like, is Cisco still alive? No, Cisco's he, long he time. Did, dude. Yeah, he died a long time. What? Ago. What? He had, he had cancer. What? Yeah, Ebert died four years ago. <laughs> I, I thought he was. It. I thought he was dead. Oh, I, but man. he rated this movie, which came out like two years ago. So I'm like, how does maybe that work? he has a he has a like like Dear Abby thing where a yeah. guy takes his name, but Dear Abby. <laughs> I don't know. I about Dear Abby. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, live chat. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, tell a friend. Awesome. Jasmine. Jasmine showed up. Jasmine, what's at the up? very end? Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, hey guys, seriously, thanks for tuning in. Um, keep it rizzle or don't keep it a dizzle. Just made that up at the end. I'm a moron. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, don't tell anybody I said that. All right, see you guys. Oh, oh, oh! We we need to say we are not doing a live show next Sunday. Oh yeah, 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 Is yeah. Is that yeah. right? We're gonna. Hey, here's what I'm gonna say. We are doing live chat, people. If you're still there listening. Um, we are going to Kansas City Comic Con next Saturday. Um, we are going to do Transformers uh, last night in front of a live audience at Kansas City Comic Con. It's the noon slot. And then at 5 o'clock, I'm moderating the panel for Hamid Thompson, who's been in Spider-Man, uh, Homecoming, Logan, a bunch of other movies as a stunt guy, and then some acting. stuff. pretty cool. Fun. Comic Cons are fun. That's folks, amazing. just telling you, Comic Cons are fun, um, and there's a lot of cool people at this Comic Con. Anyway, we got asked to do it last minute, but we're doing this panel. My hope is some scenario, some magical scenario, where we can do a live Mixler on Saturday, and it'll just pop up, and it'll be at noon. Don't bank on that. My hope and my dream is for that to happen. It's if it doesn't it's, happen, it's very, gonna, it's, it, gonna, it's gonna depend on the yeah, internet, really. Phil, and, and 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 trust me. Producer Phil is the one person that can make it happen. If there if is a way can. to do it, we will do it. Phil will find a way. Yeah. If not, it'll just be the episode, so there won't be a live show next week um, based on that. But I, here's what I will promise you. Um, you guys are probably all patrons. Um, we will file, I will get you some very special content from this, uh, from this Comic-Con, um, and you will have a special something in, in, in your feed uh, to replace that live show. And if you're up in the Kansas City area, yeah, uh, definitely join us. Or if you're going to be up in Kansas City next weekend, yes, it'll be uh, fun. come see us for the panel. Yeah, um, check it out, KansasCityComicCon.com. It's got a couple hyphens in there, so don't just. I mean, it'll it'll find it. You guys know how Google works, so it'll find it eventually. But anyway, guys, thanks so much again for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, later's. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorrormoviepodcast.com.